Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. everyone welcome to another episode of the words of fire podcast i am your host Dion sanchez and joining me this evening in this episode is lisa jones thank you for joining me today lisa thank you thank you for having me awesome so lisa if you could share with my listeners a bit about yourself that would be great sure um i've had a, a little bit of an interesting journey through mental illness, um, not myself personally, as much as I've walked others journeys through it, kind of unwittingly and kind of by accident and kind of by choice, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Um, so, you know, I grew up with um, a family member that suffered from mental illness back in those days. It was, you know, kind of, you know, you kind of just pushed it aside. Nobody kind of knew what to do. There was a stigma, you know, we just kind of worked with it let the person be as they were and avoided them. So that was back <laughs> when I was growing up. Um, later on, um, um, got married, had, a, had three kids. My firstborn, my son, um, was always a little bit, son was always off when he was younger. Um, you know, he couldn't pay attention in school. He couldn't, I couldn't take him out of the house for the first five years. He was very defiant, um, didn't listen. He um, was hard to teach, uh, things like that. And um, when he was second grade, um, you know, he was the type of kid who walked around the classroom, you know, wouldn't pay attention, you know, would get into fights with other kids, stuff like, stuff like that. And uh, second grade, I took him to a neurologist to see what was going on, um, how come he was so antisocial and, and not learning as quick as others. And um, found out at that point, um, his diagnosis was ADHD. 
and um, at that point, and um, oppositional defiance disorder, OD day um, in the second grade, and was given medication, um, which I deliberated over and didn't want him to go on, et cetera. But, you know, after giving that a lot of thought back in the day and, um, and thinking of it as an illness um, and not just a mental illness, um, I allowed him to go on medication. And uh, the day after he was taking medication for it, he, we were eating waffles and, you know, had blueberries and strawberries and he made a smiley face on the waffle. And he said that up until that age in his second grade at that point, he had never felt happy until that point. So that was kind of a, a vindication to put him on medication. Um, the years went on, you know, he struggled in school, kept going, kept, you know, he was always on medication, kept getting increased, increased um, because his tolerance for it and his need for it became more. Um, so struggled within school, struggled a little bit making friends, but not as much, more with attention, more with behavior problems. So in about 12 years old, um, he had a incident in school where he told somebody that he was um, suicidal at 12 years old. So, um, and there was an, uh, other incidents around that time where he was, he definitely showed suicidal ideation um, at that point in time. So when the incident with a schoolmate happened, um, they told the principal, called, um, he was taken to um, psychiatric hospital, he was admitted. And um, at that point diagnosed with a mood disorder and they didn't want to give him the diagnosis at that point of bipolar disorder. Um, so he was given a mood disorder diagnosis. Um, walk that journey for a few years as well. Um, walk the school journey with that. Walked getting him 504 plans. Um, talking to teachers to give him more time on tests. Um, he had violent tendencies as well, getting the medication, the right dose, because the doctor psychiatrist that he went to wouldn't really give him all the appropriate meds that he needed for someone who does have bipolar disorder and ADHD. Um, and that took a few years to happen. He finally got on the right medication um, a few years later after he had um, a, a very violent very bad, but a violent episode occurred. And, um, and finally he was, he went on the right medication and was able to um, control the rages that he had for so many years and outbursts. So, so my, my story really is just walking that journey with him, which was um, difficult and difficult with hearing the, the teachers who, you know, it was hard for them to explain to them, you know, this, this kid needs more attention or he needs more time for test or his homework may not be done. Uh, I had a hard time fighting for him to get extra, to get a 504 plan, not even to put him in an IEP or to get him in a special education. He did not have um, a learning disability. Um, they wouldn't give it to him. They thought that someone with bipolar disorder and ADHD didn't need one. Uh, I had the principal of his high school come over to me and say, your son is just lazy and you might as well just pull him out now. He won't amount to anything. Um, P.S. 
my son graduated high school. My son went to a semester of college already and he's getting ready to graduate from technical school and go back to college. So what I've learned through all these years and all the stigma and seeing my child you know, deal with psychiatrists and psychiatric and suicidal ideation and stigma and violence and has just shown me um, how far we, we've come and how far we've yet to go. Um, you know, as he is growing into, you know, he's 19 years old now um, and he knows he needs to take his medication. He, he knows what people, he has to explain to people, explain to potential partners, dates, you know, when he talks about what date do you tell somebody I have bipolar disorder um, and I need to take medication and, and I may go into, you know, periods where I'm not as well as other periods. I have problems maintaining employment at times. It's such a difficult journey to watch and to watch others react to them. Um, subsequent to that, I actually met somebody, um, his father and I um, became separated because of him. His father thought there was nothing wrong with him. He said, you know, this kid just needs, you know, he needs some punishment. I said, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And I chose my son over my marriage um, and stayed, you know, and took care of him through it. Um, subsequently, I met a man, I did, you know, we were hit it off, et cetera. And I found out a few dates or into it that he also had bipolar disorder, bipolar disorder one, my son is bipolar disorder two. Um, we've been together three years and I learned that whole journey of bipolar disorder one, which is different than two um, with the manic episodes, et cetera. And also brought him to a place of recovery. He's also med compliant where he was also sporadic. He goes to therapy. I mean, they're both in control, but it has been <laughs> a long journey to get both where they need to be with that. Between both of them have been hospitalized. There has been, you know, the arrests, there has been violence, there has been ups and downs and depression and months in bed with, you know, and just a lot of difficulty. And I've walked this whole journey with my son and I walked three years of a journey with this man and um, coming out the other side and, um, and I'm never saying it's done. Mental illness is not done. Mental illness is maintained and controlled and right. managed. But to see this journey with them has been um, life-changing for me as well. Um, because to my son, after, I, after he was in the, the psych ward, um, and I saw how they were treated, and I saw how, you know, you can't see your family. You know, there's such limited visits how, you know, the strings are taken out of their plans, pants because they're afraid that they're going to commit suicide while in there. How these, these centers where some folks that work there are very dedicated, a lot of them don't really care. Um, I became outraged at that and the treatment of my son like he was a criminal when he was ill. And uh, at that point in time, I went around and I wanted to join boards. I wanted to do anything for outreach and advocacy. And I joined a board, a uh, local board in New Jersey for an agency that deals with persistent and um, persistently mentally ill people. And I joined that one, subsequent joined another one and um, got very involved in advocacy within the state, at the state level in New Jersey. 
and um, just because what I see. And I, I really do not think we're where we need to be um, by any stretch. But I mean, I see us coming a little further, but really not there yet at all. And, and I'm kind of just, I'm trying to make changes. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to break stigma. I'm trying to teach um, because we have such a ways to go. Absolutely. And I truly admire you for um, advocating for your son and um, your, um, is a spouse, boyfriend, I presume. Yeah, um, he's, yeah. My significant, significant, significant other at this point. Right. So. Um, um, and I, I don't know if you get this at all. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect there to be a crazy movie on in the background as I'm trying to make a point, but that's life. <laughs> um, um, from for someone such as myself, um, I can relate to your son's story a bit. Um. Just give you a little insight into me uh, um, from the child perspective. <laughs> um, for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So I had a mountain of health issues and deficiencies, um, one of them being HD as well. So I had trouble focusing. Um, my motor skills, my cognitive development all were slow or non-existent. I mean, they were existent after a certain point because hey, I'm talking, but um, right. my father um, was really iffy about putting me on medication as well. The doctors highly recommended it. Like it will help her stay calm and still. Um, he took a different response than you did. He was adamant about me not taking it. Like, no, no, I don't want to dope her up with medication. Um, so it was, as a result, it was a real struggle for him and, um, a personal internal struggle for me because I had trouble socializing and fitting in because I felt so different already. Um, I was in special classes and my dad even tried to advocate, like, my daughter doesn't need to be in these special classes. Like, if you put her in a normal class, she'll adjust just fine. And I did therapy and physical therapy and, um, my dad went through a real brunt of it trying to prove to people that I am smart and that I'm unique, even though it takes me a little longer to learn things, I am just as smart. Um, even the doctors told him like, hey, your daughter's um, like retarded or learning retarded or training retarded. I think there's a specific retarded version of what they said to him, which is absolutely ridiculous, but a doctor isn't really paid to be emotional. They're paid to be like non-biased and just realistic. Mm -hmm. So um, it was, he witnessed a good deal of struggle as you did as a parent trying to advocate for your child and see the value in your child um so I can understand your son feeling different and quite possibly isolated mm -hmm. um I didn't have any Absolutely. violent te tendencies but I did question my existence so I did have suicidal thoughts as well um so I completely understand the whole being different and being picked on for being different quite frankly and I truly commend you for sticking it out and picking your son over your partner or husband at the time, I believe, as you just now mentioned, because mm -hmm. um, right. we are 
speaking from my own personal experience with it. We are unique and we are special and there's nothing wrong with us. Even though the world may see something as something wrong, we are not. And um, uh, my internet's acting up, so I hope you're still with me. <laughs> the world wants to interrupt this awesome conversation, apparently. So... I am just gonna keep talking and hope uh, you're back. Yay. <laughs> what I was trying to say, uh, you're still frozen. <laughs> okay, you're back. Um, what I was trying to say was okay. <laughs> uh, similar to what you just said about your son and doing well in um, his academics. I, the same case, um, happened for me as well. I there was doctors thought I was retarded. I ended up graduating high school with like a 3.0 GPA, and I could even graduated early and everything. So, um, overcoming your issues and hindrances isn't easy, <laughs> but um. I can really relate to you and your son because it's the same dynamic with me and my father and hopefully my internet is still okay. I can understand the dynamic between you and your son as I was trying to state because same with me and my father and as a matter of fact he still tries to advocate for me even though I'm a grown adult at this point but um because he, <laughs> he, he wants me to succeed and I'm sure you want the same for your son as well so. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just thinking of a, a moment when I was in the high school and they didn't believe that bipolar affected learning. So it took a psychologist, the, the district psychologist that came in the room and he described to them what bipolar disorder is, how it affects learning, how it affects, um, you know, functioning in the classroom. They didn't even know that. And these are teachers that are working with kids and administrators that are working with the kids how do you not know? It, it was just, it's, I didn't know. And then once he explained it to them and walked around the room explaining it, they said, he's approved. Give him more time for tests. Give him this, give him that. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, when I do my, my advocacy for this aid, for this not-for-profit, I would go, we do mental health first aid training, training teachers, training anybody that works in the school, because the kids don't talk to the teachers, they'll talk to the crossing guard, they'll talk to the lunch ladies, they talk to the security guards, and then people that we, well, anybody who will talk to the kids and can get, you know, maybe they can talk to somebody. Um, but it's just amazing to me that, that how much ignorance there is about mental health. Absolutely. Um, so it, stories like that, I mean, I just, uh, <laughs> Um, absolutely. And I really wish my internet would be stable, but I think we're pushing through this like in life. But um, I couldn't agree more with you that mental health needs to be more of a topic of conversation. It shouldn't be undervalued or downsized to it being not a big deal when it's an absolutely big deal and dramatically affects every single person. And I couldn't be more grateful for the fact that I started this podcast in the midst of this pandemic season a year ago, 
which we're in two years into this and just discussing mental health and just being a real advocate. Um, I consider myself to be a warrior for change through the power of my words. And this podcast is a huge component of that. And I'm just very grateful to have conversations such as this to help others struggling with mental health, to remind them of the fact that they are never alone. And absolutely. Yeah, there's oh, there's people out there. There were so many support groups on Facebook and 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 you can go to definite not not for profits in your community. There are people who get it. You just have to find them. But they're out there, definitely out there, and they do want to help and they do understand. Um it's it's just difficult and it is definitely an isolation, especially for the folks who struggle. Absolutely. So considering you're such an advocate for mental health, um, how have you try to advocate during this hectic season known as the pandemic? Well, that's a great question. Um, It definitely affected uh, both my son and my significant other immensely, um, the pandemic, especially when it initially started. Um, They both went into a downward spiral during the beginning of the pandemic, Um, loss of activities they enjoyed, Um, just, just kind of withdrawing um, going into my significant other, going into in and out of depression and mania. It was very difficult. It was difficult for everybody, but especially difficult for somebody who has more trouble managing their, their emotions, their mood. It was very difficult initially. And, and it took a good six months to kind of even bring them both to, to a better place of understanding and stability and a new normal. Um, Because I do definitely notice, and I'm kind of a person who knows a lot about bipolar disorder, um, in order to be stable, you really need to have routines, routine in sleep, routine in eating, routine in taking your medication, routine on going to the doctors and therapy. Routine is critical in stabilizing. And during that pandemic, there was no routine. The routine was, we didn't know what tomorrow brought. So it became very hard for most people and especially hard for those who struggle with mental illness, extremely difficult, you know, the bus losing touch with their, their doctors. And it was just very, very hard for them. So it's a great question, but yes, definitely more difficult. (sighs) Absolutely. Um, well, I want to get to the icebreaker segment while my um, internet is still stable. I'm enjoying this conversation because it needs to be discussed more. And hopefully this reaches more people in the mental health community or just people who have typical problems in general. Again, mental health affects everyone. It's not just one specific set of people or genre or gender. It affects everyone. So absolutely. So um, I'll start with the icebreaker question. Um, I think you'll be good at it. (laughs) Um, If you had to come up with a title or chapter, it could be a couple chapters or just one single chapter for where your life is at right now with everything going on, what would it be? Um, Transition. Transition. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a specific reason as to, like, why would you pick transition? I'm curious. Um, At this point, I think I, in my life personally, I think I'm going from to my family and what they've gone through and and what we've, what I, you know, just what I have seen and been through. We're going into another, 
a different place. You know, we're coming out of that period of, of under trying to understand everything, um, trying to right a lot of wrongs that happened and we're going into a different period of time. And I think that's not only personally for me, I think it's society as, as well at this point. We're just moving into myself personally, my family personally, but society is moving into a new normal. Absolutely. Um, with everything going on, I can't understand the world transitioning and hopefully my internet transitions to being stable because it's annoying. <laughs> Anyhow, um, the chapter or title for where my life is at right now, I kind of already gave it away, but it's a good little title and I consider it a mantra in a way um, is to be a warrior for change. Um, I mentioned all my health issues from really since the day I was born. So I, my life was just difficult automatically without a choice in the matter. <laughs> but um, I've gone through quite a lot um, in my adulthood as well. Um, when the pandemic started um, in 2020, the year we all went to hate, um, I got diagnosed with diabetes. So um considering what I just my son is dying well oh (laughs) he's a type 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 one type one um well insulin dependent he's insulin dependent I'm insulin dependent as well and see we aren't connected so well (laughs) but um (laughs) um to be diagnosed with anything in this pandemic wasn't um ideal and considering what I just shared with you my family was not thrilled with this news at all because the fact that I had gone through so much and I'm at a point in my life where things are relatively normal not cuckoo I'm doing good school I'm doing good with all the areas seem to be nicely knit into a little bow and then I get this huge drastic change that is now a part of my whole life as far as I know so um absolutely it's very difficult my son was diagnosed a few years ago it was traumatic. He said, I've got hit with so many things wrong with me. And now I have to take shots of insulin to eat. Yeah. And he was, he went into a major funk after that. He said, this is, I got everything slammed on me. He would relate completely to that. Now it's just part of what he is. And he just says, you know what? If you don't want to be my friend or you're embarrassed me to shoot, you know, shoot insulin in the restaurant, then you shouldn't be my friend. This is who I am. And this is what I got dealt. And I'm, this is, you know, he's kind of come to terms with it. But I definitely, I feel for you. I understand. Not that I live it, but I watched it. And it's difficult Yeah, live that I, life. It really is. Watching it, it's definitely difficult, I'm sure. My family just didn't like that I had to go through this. But I took it as, hey, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm not dying. Because I was on the brink of death. That's right. When I came to the realization of being diagnosed and this was all in the midst of this virus going on unfortunately <laughs> but I took what happened to me as a blessing and it really catapulted this mantra I just mentioned as being a warrior for change um, God placed it on my heart and if he hadn't placed it on my heart through my diagnosis then we wouldn't be having this awesome conversation on my podcast so it all played a wonderful Absolutely. factor in <laughs> helping others so that would be the chapter for my life being a warrior for change. So, uh, I think it's great. 
I think it's great. And uh, my son also, he was in the ICU when he got diagnosed as well. He was on the verge of very, very bad. And it was, it was touch and go with him as well. Um, when he was diagnosed, he was, you know, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> rough diagnosis to get as a young person already struggling with other issues to get that diagnosis on top of it and to know that this could be a lifetime of everything. All, all of this is a lifetime. Yeah. And it, it was rough. It is absolutely rough. Um, and it was just, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, I got sick. I had just turned 24. I just turned 24. I'm always super excited about my birthday, but I couldn't even be excited about it all that much. I mean, I had my brother in town, but I couldn't be excited for the holidays and everything that comes with being happy with your family during the holidays because I was sick and it was just absolutely horrible. And I was super depressed. And I just went, I, I even went back to that like suicide mentality when I was younger, which I freaked out when that happened. I absolutely freaked out. And my dad was trying to help and be there for me. And I just exploded on him because I was suffering so much. And then I had a freak out over the fact that I thought about suicide. I'm like, oh no, I haven't thought about this since I was 10. (laughs) This is really bad. So it was, uh, it was absolutely horrible, but I'm still here. I'm still breathing breathing enough so we can get on to the fun segment of this because <laughs> I don't want to um drown everybody out with this but these topics are important so they'll just have to live with that because that's the whole purpose of my podcast so on to the icebreaker game I just have to get my notes out because it's a part of the game just gotta find it okay so the game is called Song Association. You don't have to be an avid singer for this game <laughs> to work. It's really just for laughs and giggles pretty much. But basically how it works is I give you a word and you mm-hmm. either have to sing it, say it, rap it. If you wanna juggle and rap about it, feel free. Again, I accept everyone singing capabilities non-existent or laughter existent (laughs) but um pretty much I give you the word it can either be in the title Mm -hmm. or in the lyrics it has to be an actual song you can't make it up one of these days I might do a game where you can make up songs but um not today (laughs) um the thing is you only have 15 seconds from the second I give you the word to come up with the song title or it being in the lyrics. So if it's in the lyrics, you have a loophole. <laughs> That's true. Now I only know older music, so I just wanna warn you on that. <laughs> 80s music, <laughs> 90s music. <laughs> I feel like with the words here, you should be able to do just fine <laughs> if you're doing 80s. Okay. All right, so let me find my okay. here. <laughs> All right. All right. So the first word is heart. Heart. Oh, that's easy. Um, tell it to my heart. Is that a song? Uh, do you know who sings? I don't sing it. Um, what's that song? Um, Roxette sings that right <laughs> uh, I wish I could give you that, 
I'm you can't give me. I think it's the name. Oh. Uh, the things you need like <laughs> oh. well, that, that, that's like this i think it's the title of it. it's like tell it to my heart that's the title of it uh, i told you i know old songs it's I gotta know, be 80s I know, 90s I know, I know. <laughs> uh, i'll give you that one because you did do it before the timer went off so i'll give you that one and i'll i'll just i'll just <laughs> So the next word, and I did do it quickly. So it means, oh, you, you did do it quickly. <laughs> you did it slightly quicker than any other guess. I will give you that. So the next word is words. Words. Um, uh, song is called No More Words by Berlin. And that's the song because no more, no more words. That's the name of it. Okay. You can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> when you were going to, as you were saying it, that's not the song title I thought you were going to say. I'm going to be honest because many. Really? Because some of the guests have either don't have a clue or went with the song um, "More Than Words" by the band Extreme. Oh, interesting! I I, I went. I, actually, I like both songs, but I, I like that other one better. So I went with that one. So there, you got a new one. I have a new one. So, all right. So that's two. I'm trusting you. That these are songs. You, but look them up. They're songs. They trust me. They're songs. You. This one you should get. If you don't get it, I will be really, really sad. This last okay. one. Okay. Okay. I mean, even if you weren't born in any decade, you should know this song. It's just that. Okay. So the right. last word is faith. Faith. George Michael, you got to have faith. <laughs> is, that, is that the one? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm trusting you that you, those other two ones were songs. I'm trusting you. They are songs. Look them up. Look them up. <laughs> Uh, we can talk about songs all day long. Yeah. Make a book about <laughs> songs, but unfortunately, we're at the end of this winding road of conversation. I also know Boys and Men has a song called "End of the Road," also, but that's just my that's own. Little sure. That's another one. <laughs> Anyhow, um, either, either road we're on, this is the road that we are at. So, um, do you have any social plugins for my audience before we wrap up here? Sure. Um, I have a blog, and that's uh, mindingmentalillness.com. And be contacted on that as well. Awesome. Thank you again for joining me, Lisa. This was a great, great conversation. And I truly connect with you more and your son and your story because it's so similar to me and my dad's journey with my own issues as well okay glad to hear it it's great talking to you awesome so to all my listeners 
thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the words of our podcast if you enjoyed this episode if you enjoyed this dancing or singing segment of this with the icebreaker please don't hesitate to let me know on the following platforms we are on facebook at the words of heart podcast we are also on youtube under the same name and of course you can tune in wherever you listen to your podcast apple spotify google however you choose to listen to it please let me know retweet subscribe if you could send it to the moon let me know I don't have contacts with NASA, but I'm pretty sure you guys could figure out a way to get this to the inner regions of the galaxy. Either way, stay healthy, stay safe. If you want to reach out to me on anything you're struggling with as well, please don't hesitate to do so. You can message me on Twitter at HeartWord24 and on Instagram at HeartWord25. So again, thank you for joining me on this latest episode. Again, I am your host, Dion Sanchez. Thank you for joining me, Lisa Jones. And to all of you, once again, stay healthy, stay safe, know that you are important and that your life does matter. And until next time, bye.